Hello, everyone. Hello. And welcome back to Subi Church. Or if you're new here, welcome. Um, and it's, gr it's always great uh, to be able to gather together like this, isn't it? Yeah. Um, we're going to start our service with some songs today. And as we do that, let's raise our voices and sing together to the one who is worthy of all our adoration, the one who is worthy of all our worship. So please stand with us. Let's sing.
God, that through him we find freedom and we find life. So blessed be your name, O God. We worship you this day. Amen. Well, thanks for singing with us. Please take a seat and say hello to the people around you. BBS, I was a chef at a fancy restaurant just down the street. Retired. I'm a mom to two beautiful girls and a dance coach. Before VBS, I taught middle school gym. I lead a small group for teenagers. Who would have known that it would all lead to this? <laughs> oh yeah. I let my granddaughters dress me up. But that's why I was so ready to get dressed up for the skits. I get to create masterful, theme-inspired dishes for snack time. Outdoor activities, they're my jam. That's why I love leading games. I love to dance. I dance at the coffee shop. I even dance when I'm watering my plants. That's why I jumped at this opportunity. High fives are essential for crew leaders. That's why I've been working hard on the High Fiverator 2.0. The reward? It's the kids. Hands down, they inspire me. The kids' bright, shining faces. When the kids are happy, I'm happy. Making sure they have fun makes it all worthwhile. You have what it takes. You have what it takes. You have what it takes. Will you step up? of the year for a kids club again and this year it will be on the first week of the July school holidays from the 3rd to the 7th um, it will be from 9 to 12 15 for five days Monday to Friday and the theme this year is stellar we will be going to space and the children will discover what it means to shine Jesus light in everyday life at kids club children will get to experience Bible truths through songs science experiments games and we keep them well-fed too. And to do that, we are going to need 75 crewmen daily. So we've had volunteers who in the past have been able to be there for five days, which is awesome. But we've also had people who spend their one day off with us. So if you are that person, we welcome you too. And you don't have to be Neil Armstrong to blast off with, with us. As seen from the video, volunteers of all ages and at all stages of life can help in Kids Club. And if you have a heart for serving, we welcome you. And our volunteers never regret it. It is tiring, don't get me wrong. Being with children all morning is tiring. But you'll be a blessing to the children and helping them to learn about God. And you will also be greatly encouraged in your walk with God when you see the passion and faith that the children have. And we, we will need volunteers to fill this, these roles. We have We'll need 28 crew leaders. You'll be in charge of about five children. You'll be bringing them around the church to all the different stations. We will need station leaders and assistants to run the class. So whether that be teaching a Bible story, um, showing a video, or doing the experiments. We'll need a cafe crew to prep, to serve, and also to clean up the cafe after snack. We will need people to be the welcome crew. You're the face that they see when they first walk in and also to make sure that all the children return back to their parents at the end of the day. We will need people to run the games for kids. We need AV people and we also need an onstage presenter. And if you are unable to make any of the mission dates for Kids Club, we have some jobs that you can do to help us launch. 
our busy bee, which is where we make the decor to transform the church into an intergalactic adventure, starts in two weeks on the 14th of May. It runs on Sunday afternoons after the 1045 service and on a Monday from 9 to 2. And you don't need to be creative to do it. We have our creative leads, Kanina and Ng, who have a vision. You just need to execute that. And we also, if cooking is your thing, we also have catering slots that we need to fill for our volunteers. So if you would like to be a part of our interplanetary mission, please come see us in the foyer um, to find out more. And registrations for both the children and the volunteers are now open. And the countdown to Kids Club has now begun. Thank you, Mel. That sounds exciting. Don't you all want to go on an intergalactic journey? Dave, we, we will, Dave. All right. Good evening, Subi Church. We do something at Subi Church called Scripture at Subi, and we're trying to memorise scripture, not to, get a, uh, not to get a star or to get an award, but to know the scriptures, to know our God. And um, this month we're vo focusing on the faithfulness of God. So have you all been learning... Our memory verse for this month, who knows it off by heart? Put your hand up. I want to see your hand up high. I won't embarrass you if you don't know it. There's a few people that know it. The kids must know it. Come on, kids, you know it? Lamentations? All right. Let's, let's do it together. We got, do we have any cues? Or we just, we got, oh, we've got some cues there. Okay. Lamentations, chapter 3, verse 22 to 23. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. All right. And his faithfulness is great, isn't it? And these are verses that we can bring to mind when we're in a place where we need to know those truths. And we need to know of his steadfast love. And it's usually when things aren't going well. And he knows about those things. He's got things under control. He's allowing them. And he's doing a work in us through them. And when we remember the scriptures... We can use that also in praying to him and reminding him of his faithfulness, at the same time reminding ourselves. Subi Kids is on now. So kids, you're dismissed to go. If you're new here this evening, and there's a lot of people here tonight, so if you're new and you haven't had your kids in Subi Kids before, then you can take them out. And to the left is the Subi Kids sign-up area, and they'll help you there with getting your kids in with the other classes. I want to welcome you again to Subi Church. My name is Peter. I'm one of the elders here, also the interim executive pastor. And it's a joy to be with you tonight. What a great night. What a great place to be. Better than being at the football um, is being in God's house tonight. You, you can have a little, a little snigger about that, but I actually believe that. <laughs> I actually believe that. I don't like the football that much, but so that helps. But um, I'm looking forward to what, um, well, you know, the worship time was great. Thank you, Kanina and the team for leading us. What a wonderful time of worship. Looking forward to um, hearing from the Word of God through David just shortly. Before we do a couple of upcoming events, no, before I do that, I've got to remind you about the Connect cards. Connect cards are on your chair, or otherwise there's the QR code in front of you. If you can fill out your details, let us know you're here, if you're new or if you've been here for a long time. If you're new and you have some questions, please ask us. We'll love to get back to you and um, love to know that you've been with us and connect with you. We won't bother you, we won't harass you, but we will ask if we can help you in some way during the week. And um, so if you want to use the... Uh, written connect card there's a little box on the way out of the auditorium there's also one in the, in the foyer where you can put those connect cards 
We do our offering online. There's details for how you can do that in that little pigeonhole on the left as you go out of the auditorium. So let's just come before our God as we um, thank him for his faithfulness to us, particularly in supplying for us, mostly in giving us the Lord Jesus Christ. And we'll also pray that um, we use these offerings wisely. Father, we come before you and we thank you, Lord. We have so much to thank you for. And you remind us that we need to have a heart of thankfulness and we have no reason not to be because of our Lord Jesus Christ, our Saviour. Lord, you gave up so much that you might win us back to you, that you might pay the penalty for us that we could not pay for our sin. You also supply every need and we thank you for it. Particularly in this country, Lord, you supply us over and abundantly. But there might be some with us tonight who are struggling financially. Lord, we pray you'd supply their needs as well. And um, Lord, for the church here, this your house, this local gathering, may we be wise in how we use these funds that belong to you and how we use them for furthering your kingdom. Give us wisdom, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now some upcoming events. Most importantly, coming up this weekend, so um, we've got some evangelistic courses. So tomorrow after the 10.45 service, starting at 12.15, we've got Simply Christianity. It'll be upstairs in the um, boardroom. Lunch will be provided. If you haven't yet signed up for that and you want to be part of that, you want to bring someone along, you can do that on your Connect card. But even better, um, let somebody know uh, on your way out and we can make sure that you're all taken care of. But you won't miss out on lunch, so come along uh, tomorrow at 12.15 for Simply Christianity. If you can't do Sunday afternoons and lunch is not your your um your favorite thing then christianity explored is on tuesday evening so starting this tuesday and running for uh, from the 2nd of may this tuesday to the 30th of may it's um, five sessions starting at 7 15 going through to 8 45 each tuesday dinner will be provided as well both of those are exploring what the bible says um, and what christianity is all about and would love you to be there and join us for that the Women's Ministry are having a book club, so there's five sessions. They're running it starting the week of the 15th of May, and it'll be here at the church. Um, they're starting a book club. To, we want you to join. If you are interested in that, um, it'll be reading and discussing the book Women of the Word by Jen Wilkins. And um, the book will be provided for you. We want you to let us know on your Connect card if you can make it to that. And if you want to be part of that book club, there'll be, a, there'll be several of them. Um, and we want you to contact and let us know what day um, suits you best. So Debbie Main is running that. You can talk to her. She's here tonight if you want to talk to her about that. And um, if you don't know who she is, then someone with a red lanyard will be able to tell you and point you to Debbie. But ladies, get, get behind that. It's a great book, I'm told. I haven't read it myself. But um, it'll be good discussing it together and going through truths that the book brings out from the scriptures. Every, every service we um, have a congregational prayer and we want to just come before the Lord together and bring the things that are um, particularly part of our congregation to the Lord together. So would you uh, bow with me together as we pray? Father God, we thank you that you are God of heaven and earth, creator of all. Lord, Psalm 84 in your word says that better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. And Lord, it's so much better to be here tonight than a thousand other places. Particularly places, Lord, that um, where you are not present. But thank you, Lord, that you are present here with us. 
and that um, you love your house. It's a house of prayer. It's a house of praise. It's a house of preaching your word. And we thank you for your spirit's presence with us. And Lord, we who know you, I pray that each one of us who know you can testify that it's better to be here than anywhere else tonight. Father, as we enter into your presence, we pray that you would speak to us through your word. Lord, pour your spirit of grace upon us and refresh us tonight from your word. Though we are sinful, Lord, we know that we can approach you because of the sacrifice that Christ has made for us. We can come before you because we are righteous in Christ. Father, prepare our hearts tonight to receive your word. And may your spirit powerfully work through David tonight, Pastor David, as he brings your word to us. Father, would you, would you transform our hearts and minds by your word? We pray, Lord, that you would um, be with those tonight that have come with heavy hearts. Father, those who are anxious and worried because of the things that they're going through right now, we pray that your spirit would help them to focus on your word tonight, to focus on Christ, Lord, and to be reminded that it's Christ who carries and lifts our burdens, Lord. You tell us to cast all our burdens upon you because you care for us. Father, we pray for those who are visiting tonight. Maybe it's the first time. Maybe it's the first time back since COVID. May they be refreshed. May they be um, just blessed to be in your house again. Father, we pray that they might continue to join with your people because you call us, Lord, as a people to come together in your house to encourage one another. Father, we pray for those of us who are here regularly each week. Lord, we pray that you would continue to refresh our souls, renew us, Lord. Father, remind us of the new creation that we are in Christ. Our sins are forgiven. We are new creatures in Christ. And Lord, would you build us up by your word today. Father, we thank you that you hear us. We praise you, Lord, that you um, care for us, you provide for us, and you've provided a way to come before you. And we can do that boldly in Christ, and it's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen. This week's Bible reading is taken from Romans 5, verses 12 to 21. If you are able to, I invite you to stand with me as we word read from God's word. Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man, and death through sin, and in this way death came to all people, because all sinned. To be sure, sin was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not charged against anyone's account when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from the time of Adam to the time of Moses, even over those who did not sin by breaking a command, as did Adam, who is a pattern of the one to come. But the gift is not like the trespass, for if the many died by the trespass of the one man, how much more did God's grace and the gift that came by the grace of one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to the many? Nor can the gift of God be compared with the result of one man's sin, the judgment followed one sin and brought condemnation, but the gift followed many trespasses and brought justification. For if, by the trespass of the one man, death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace 
and of the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Verse 18. Consequently, just as one trespass resulted in condemnation for all people, so as also one righteous act resulted in justification and life for all people. For just as the disobedience of the one man, the many were made sinners, so also through the obedience of the one man, the many will be made righteous. The law was brought in so that the trespass might increase, but where sin increased, grace increased all the more, so that just as sin reigned in death, so also grace may reign through righteousness to bring eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Please be seated. Good evening, everyone. It's great to see you tonight. My name's David, if I haven't met you before. Has anyone here ever been bullied? What was it like? Humiliating? Intimidating? Uh, when I was in primary school, I was an easy target for bullies. Uh, my parents encouraged me to be in the school choir, which at my school meant you had to wear a white gown, which looked like a white dress. And uh, we had to process down the aisle as the whole school watched on, and we used to have to walk slowly like this. I mean, you had, no, you had no chance, right? I was an easy target. And then I used to hang out, hang out with those guys at lunchtime, the nerdiest kids in the school, and we used to play Dungeons and Dragons at lunchtime, right? Like the Big Bang Theory. On one occasion, I was kicking the football around at school, and the captain of the school rugby team grabbed the ball off me. Now, this guy was a year older than me, and he weighed twice as much. Uh, but I still tried to get the ball off him, uh, but I couldn't, and, I, and he, he got a bit annoyed with me, and so he picked me up by the ankles and held me like this in front of the whole school. Now, he didn't think that through that too well, because you can imagine in this position, I could have whacked him quite easily where it hurt, but I was too nice. Now, a friend of mine tells me that when he was at school, there was a bully that would go up to kids at lunchtime and demand that they hand their lunches over to him. So you're just about to bite into that yummy chocolate brownie that mum had packed, and he would say, that's mine, give it to me. And then he'd take it and eat it in front of you. And there was nothing anyone could do because he was so much bigger than everyone else. And life was miserable for everyone in the class because of this one bully. Then one day, a new kid joined the class. And at lunchtime, the bully went up to this new kid and he said, give me your lunch. And the bully said, no. Well, everyone in the class is like, no one had ever said no to the bully before. The bully said, give me your lunch and tried to grab it. And the new kid said, no. And soon there was a fight and everyone's fight, 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 right? Uh, and at school, that's, that's like a magnet that just attracts kids from everywhere when they hear that cry, fight. Doors open, kids jumped out, windows open. 
kids jumped out, toilet doors open, kids are running half-dressed, trying to get to the fight. But the fight didn't last long. Because the new kid tackled the bully and held him down. And the bully said, I give up. Now, from that day on, everyone's lunch was safe. Right? They didn't get pinched anymore. All because of this new kid. The old regime of bullying was now over. The new kid had brought in a new era. Now, that's what we just heard in our Bible reading. That's what we just heard that Jesus has done for you and for me, but on a far greater scale, on a cosmic scale. Satan, sin and death bullied everyone and no one could stand up against them. But Jesus came and he put an end to the bully's rule. He's broken the old regime of Satan, sin and death and he's brought in a new era of life and righteousness and grace which we can all participate in. But Jesus brought an end to the old regime not by bashing Satan up. It had to be done another way. Let's take a look together. So we're in Romans chapter 5. We've had a bit of a break over Easter and over school holidays from our study in the book of Romans, but we're back into it and we're going to go through the whole book this year. Uh, and so I encourage you to have Romans with you, to be thinking about it, to be reading it, to be praying over it. So we're in chapter 5, beginning at verse 12. Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, and in this way death came to all people because all sinned, to be sure, I didn't know Paul was Irish, but uh, to be sure, to be sure, sin was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not charged against anyone's account where there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from the time of Adam to the time of Moses, even over those who did not sin by breaking a command, as did Adam, who is a pattern of the one to come. The first man and woman, Adam and Eve, disobeyed God, in the Garden of Eden. But because Adam was created first and he was given the role as leader, God deems that he is the one responsible for their disobedience. In God's economy, death is the penalty for sinning against him. And so Adam died. Now God didn't give the Ten Commandments and the rest of his laws until when? Until hundreds of years after Adam, with Moses. So no one between Adam and Moses broke a direct command like Adam did because there were no direct commands to break. However, everyone between Adam and Moses still died, didn't they? But how would they die? Uh, and because they died, they meant that everyone was sinners. They were all sinners. But 
How were they sinners if they weren't disobeying God's commands? There can only be one explanation. They were sinners because of Adam's sin. So Adam, as the first man, was the representative of the whole of humanity. So when Adam sinned, all of humanity were in his loins, so to speak. And so when we were born, we were all born sinners like Adam. We inherited that from him. Uh, this is what theologians call original sin. We inherit the sin of Adam. He is our representative. Now you might say, but hang on, how can I be blamed for Adam's sin? I wasn't there. If it was me in the garden, I wouldn't have been stupid enough to be tricked by a talking snake. Why do I have to inherit Adam's sin? Well, the reality is that none of us are independent from our ancestors' decisions, are we? You take my family, the Skirving clan. Uh, we we uh, come from Viking land, Scandinavia, uh, and they decided to invade the tropical paradise of Scotland in the 13th century. But here I am in Perth. Why am I living in Perth? Because my ancestors made a decision for the Skirvings to come here. I inherited their decision. Now, if you trace my ancestry even further back, it goes all the way back to Adam, as does your ancestry. And when Adam made his choice to eat the fruit, you and I were there in his loins as was all of humanity, he represented us. And so when we were born, we were all born sinners like Adam. That's Paul's logic. You know, uh, if a relative dies uh, and they're rich, even if we hardly know them, right? When the will comes out, we're like, hang on, I'm family. I want my inheritance. That money is mine. Yep, I hardly knew them, but I'm family. But if a relative dies and doesn't have any money, in fact, they have debts, we're like, hang on, why should I have to pay their debts just because I'm family? I hardly knew them. We only want an inheritance if it's good. But an inheritance is ours whether it's good or bad. Adam is our forefather. We receive an inheritance for him, from him. Unfortunately, we inherit sin. Now, of course, it's not like we can blame it all on Adam. Uh, sin entered the world because of him. But we all sin voluntarily. No one coerces us. No one twists our arm. We all choose to do it. And we are responsible. But he got us into this mess. The good news is, though, although one representative got us into this mess, another representative got us out. Have a look with me in verse 17. For if by the trespass of the one man, death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and of the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? See, 
Paul's saying that the whole story of the human race can be summed up in terms of what Adam has done and what Christ has done. Uh, let me show you with some pictures to help us. All people are born into the old realm, uh, the realm of spiritual darkness, which is the realm of Adam. Adam got us into that mess. But through the death and resurrection of Christ, we have been transferred into a new realm. It's the realm of Christ, the King. Right? Now, we've been transferred from our old self and, and we've been transformed into a new self. We are a new creation. We're no longer slaves to sin. We are slaves to God by choice. We're no longer ruled by law, but we're ruled by grace. We're no longer dominated by the flesh, but we are empowered by the Spirit. And we're no longer condemned to eternal death. We are destined for eternal life. Now, all people are born into the old realm. And that's where they stay unless they are born again and put their faith in Christ where they're tr when they're transferred into the new realm. You, get, you got into the old realm by being born. You get into the new realm by being born again. That's what Paul is saying. The whole story of the human race can be summed up in terms of what Adam has done and what Christ has done. Uh, have a look with me in verse 18. Consequently, just as one trespass resulted in condemnation for all people, so also one righteous act resulted in justification and life for all people. For just as through the disobedience of the one man the many were made sinners, so also through the obedience of the one man the many will be made righteous. Adam was told he would enjoy blessing if he obeyed God, but yet he chose to disobey. Jesus knew that he would face agony and death if he obeyed God, but he walked in absolute obedience. Adam's disobedience meant that all people were condemned. Jesus' obedience means that all his people are made righteous. Now, just one act of unrighteousness would have disqualified Jesus from making us righteous. Just one act. But he was obedient from beginning to end. Jesus lived a life without sin. Not one sin. Not one lie. Not one lustful thought. Not one speeding ticket. In every temptation that Satan targeted at Jesus, Jesus was obedient. Think about that. In every demand and requirement of the law, Jesus was obedient. In the Garden of Gethsemane, faced with a cup of God's wrath, sweating drops of blood, Jesus was obedient. As the mob put him in chains and arrested him, even though he could have called down an army of angels to rescue him, 
Jesus was obedient. When he was skewered with a crown of thorns and mocked and spat on, Jesus was obedient. When he was flogged, when he was beaten to an inch of his life, Jesus was obedient. When he was nailed to the cross and he hung there in agony, asphyxiating, suffocating to death, Jesus was obedient. When Jesus became a curse for us, when he was forsaken by his father, Jesus was obedient. Jesus' righteous obedience is the basis of our acceptance before God. Our standing before God is not based on our righteousness, but the righteousness of Christ. Have a look with me in verse 15. But the gift is not like the trespass, for if the many died by the trespass of the one man, how much more did God's grace and the gift that came by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to the many. See, Paul's saying something like this. Adam is like a man who has a creek flowing through his property. And this creek, this creek runs into a river downstream which supplies the local village. Now, Adam knows he's not allowed to dump anything into this creek, but, you know, he's got these 44-gallon drums with chemicals in them, and he's got to get rid of them somewhere. So, in one act of disobedience, Adam pours them into the creek, which has massive consequences. As that water pours into the river, the fish in the river die, and the fishermen no longer have any jobs, in the local village. The people of the village start to get really sick and they start to get cancers because of the poison water in their village. The water is used to irrigate the crops and the crops are poisoned and so the crops fail and so the people starve. The people in the village give birth to children with birth defects. The river water evaporates and it's taken up into the clouds and then it rains on the whole country and pollutes the whole land. One act of disobedience from Adam has massive consequences. What a mess. It would take a massive job to fix it, wouldn't it? That's what Jesus has done. When the sin of Adam multiplied and multiplied and snowballed and snowballed and became more and more depraved, the grace of God, the love of God, abounded and abounded and overflowed and overflowed in Jesus. As sin increased, grace increased and increased and increased all the more. Verse 16. Nor can the gift of God be compared with the result of one man's sin. The judgment followed one sin and brought condemnation, but the gift followed many trespasses and brought justification. Now, it's perfectly right and understandable that Adam's sin brought judgment, right? Because transgression deserves condemnation. So you would have expected that the many sins committed by the whole world since Adam would 
result in great condemnation. But instead, God responds to the sins of the ages with grace and love in Jesus Christ. And he gives us the very opposite of what we deserve. Because judgment is not God's ultimate purpose for our universe, is it? The ultimate purpose of history, the ultimate purpose of God in creating and governing the world in the way that he has, is to display his glory. The glory of his grace in Jesus Christ. And so that's how he responds to the sins of the world. Paul finishes, he says, The law was brought in so that the trespass might increase, but where sin increased, grace increased all the more, so that just as sin reigned in death, so also grace might reign through righteousness to bring eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. A guy went to see his pastor and he said, Look, you don't know the life I've lived. You don't know what I've done. If you knew what I'd done, you wouldn't keep saying that God forgives me. I can't even forgive myself. Pastor said, okay, try me. Tell me what you've done. And the guy told him what he's done and the pastor said, well, yep, that is pretty bad. But it's not too bad for God. You think you can be too bad for God, but you can't. You're diminishing what Christ has done on the cross. Because of what Christ has done, Christ now sees you better than you see yourself. Christ's obedience, his righteousness has been transferred to you at the cross. And so that God now looks at you with the same love and affection that he looks upon his own son. You know, Winston Churchill, uh, the great leader of the Second World War, he famously said this, Never in the field of human conflict was so much owed by so many to so few. He was, he was talking about the Royal Air Force as they protected the whole of Britain, whole of England, from German invasion, from the German aircraft. It's a great line. But there's an even greater truth which we've just heard this evening. So many owe so much to one man, Jesus Christ. Everybody in the world, no matter who, where, or when, whatever tribe or language or culture or ethnicity, owe everything to one man, Jesus Christ. All who came from Adam are in need of a second Adam. Jesus is the one and only remedy for the human condition. Now, if you were asked to write an autobiography of your life, uh, no one's asked me to do that. Apparently, it wouldn't sell too well. But if you were asked to write an autobiography of your life, what, what would be in it? What would be in it? 
If you're a Christian, your autobiography would have two volumes. Volume one, your life before you're a Christian. And volume two, your life after you're a Christian. In volume one, you were born in the old realm. You were a slave to sin. You were dominated by the flesh. You were destined for, you were condemned to eternal death. That's your volume one. But your life doesn't have one volume. It has two volumes. In volume two, Jesus' perfect obedience has defeated the bullies of Satan, sin, and death. And it's changed things for you forever. Your volume two will never end, right? Your volume two of your autobiography never ends because of Christ. You are destined for eternal life. You've been set free. You're no longer a slave to sin. Because of Jesus, this week, sin no longer has to rule over you. This week, addictions do not need to rule over you. Your temper does not need to rule over you because of Christ. You're no longer dominated by the flesh. You're no longer a slave to sin. You've been taken out of the old realm of Adam. You're in the new realm. And that reality, we need to, we need to know that that's our reality so we can live out that which Christ has already done. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for the one man, Jesus Christ. We thank you that even though Adam, our representative, got us into this mess, the Lord Jesus Christ got us out. And thank you that we have been transferred into the new realm, the realm of life and righteousness and grace and mercy and love. And I pray, Lord, that our lives would reflect that reality that we would live out who we already are we would live out our new spiritual position that we have Lord that we would live this out this week that we would be aware of our new of the new changes and that we would live that out I pray for each person here, Lord, that we would no longer be a slave to sin, but we would live as slaves to you, that we would choose to live for you this week and next week and the week after. And as we uh, come now to a time of communion, it's a time for us to reflect on this passage that we've just read. So I want to give you a few moments just to reflect. If you have the Bible in front of you, just to reflect on the passage, reflect on perhaps one thing that you've heard. And we'll come in a few moments and we'll eat and drink of the cup. The Lord's Supper is for those of us who call Christ our King. If you haven't yet put your trust in Christ, tonight's a great night to do that.
you say to God, God, I'm sorry for living my life disobeying you. I'm sorry for that. Thank you for sending Christ. I want to live for you from this time on. If that's a prayer you've prayed and you, and you mean it, then the Lord's Supper is for you. ask the first few rows to stand please come and take of the bread and the cup take them back to your seat and we'll take them together in a few moments Adam got us into a big mess but Jesus got us out of it the body of Christ It was Adam's disobedience that got us into the mess. It was Jesus' perfect obedience that got us out of it, even to the point of death. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. to sing our closing song. Please stand with us.
we're not finishing early tonight because I'm going to the football, which I am. That's not why we finished early. Can I just show you, uh, my last slide is a couple of uh, resources. So we're going for the book of Romans. Uh, and these two books are on sale in the bookstore outside. We've already sold quite a few of them. But I really encourage you, if you'd like to do some deeper reading uh, and, uh, from some very helpful authors, uh, and you'd like to follow our series, uh, then I recommend these two resources for you. Uh, let me finish with the blessing. Father, I just pray for each person here today that the reality of what we've spoken about this evening will be something which we take on, that we identify with, that, it, that it's a reality for us during this week. No longer are we slaves to sin, but we are slaves to you, no longer dominated by the flesh, but we're empowered by the Spirit, the Spirit that rose the, raised the Lord Jesus from the dead. So I pray, Lord God, you fill us with that Spirit, that powerful Spirit, and empower us to live this week in Jesus' name. Amen.